On today's show, the defensive teams have been announced. There are two bucks that were listed, but not Giannis. And then Giannis tweeted after, which brings us to the question, are we in for a Giannis revenge season in 2023-2024? Uh, also, the Bucks organization from the wider media, the national media, the pressure is mounting. But if you're a Bucks fan, is that actually a good thing? We've got a bunch of interesting conversations to get into today. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win And alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia, for today's episode that's brought to you by the Game Time app. Create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single weekday, including right through the off season, a bunch of different guests we're going to have along the way, including yesterday, Darian from Locked On Clippers. But we're going to try and go through a bunch of different shows with different coaching candidates. Uh, that might be in the mix as the Bucks continue to work through this. So make sure you stick with the show, subscribe, drop a like and comment as well. It's free to do. It really does help us continue to grow the show, even through the offseason, which we love. You never know. People are going to stick around. There's a bit of disappointment, but people are still supporting us in the big way, uh, which, we lo- which we love because you guys get involved in the conversation and then that helps us uh, come up with content for the show. Hey, Justin, before we get started today, a big shout out to our man, Frank Madden who hasn't podcasted yeah. with us this week. And I asked him and I said, Frank, come on, let's let's get into the financial stuff. He said, look, I'm a little bit busy this week. I said, okay. He actually at first said that I'm just in hospital, which I'd be a little concerned because <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite twig uh, straight away. But his second child, him and his partner and his young daughter, Tilly, Emma Louise Madden. And uh, very cute name, by the way, Justin. Um, yeah, it is. And uh, his anecdote as well that uh, Tilly was born, <laughs> I think he said four days after Jason Kidd was fired and now five days after Bud is relieved of his duties. But Frank uh, did point out he's he's not planning on having more kids. So I guess by that math, whoever the Bucks hire here will be the coach for quite some time. Yes, well, it's going to be interesting to see who the coach is, but congratulations to the Madden family. That's a, a beautiful thing today. I'm sure we'll catch up with Frank and uh, uh, listen, let's face it, we've got no doubt he'll talk about it. So uh, we'll hear about it in the future, but congratulations to the, to those guys. And I've said this before, I've done this podcast for four years now. I don't know how much longer I'm going to do it, but I was thinking this morning with Frank's kids, and we've seen Tilly come on the podcast from time to time. In Australian football over here, there is a, a father-son rule or a father-daughter rule now with the Women's League that if someone is around a, a team for 100 games it is in Australian football, then that club has rights to the son or daughter to draft them, which is a really cool rule, keep families uh, in the club. So maybe there should be a father-daughter <laughs> podcasting rule for Locked On Bucks as well because when I do move on from this podcast, we want to keep it at a high level. And I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that I reckon Frank's daughters can talk. 
Yeah, and I, I'm sure she'll have the uh, cap minutia really yeah, uh, drilled, right. drilled into her as well. So, yeah, you'd be leaving it in good hands. All right, let's get to the topics for today's show. So the big news that dropped this morning, the All-NBA Defensive First and Second Team announced, and we're going to lead this into a conversation about Giannis because he tweeted something on social media, which kind of got me a little excited, actually. But let's get into the two teams. So the first team, if you're a Bucks fan, it's exciting. Jaron Jackson Jr., who was the Defensive Player of the Year, no-brainer there. Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez are there. Evan Mobley and Alex Caruso. No Giannis. Interesting. Second team. Derek White, Draymond Green, OG Ananobi, Dylan Brooks, Bam Adebayo. So this breaks a lengthy streak for Giannis not being in the team. So it kind of feels a little weird because you've got two guys that have been excellent defensively for your team in the regular season. and But no Giannis was still the first thing that stood out to me. And that was the first thing my eyes were drawn to looking at the teams. Where is Giannis? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and look, so you mentioned the the first team, it's... It was going to be basically, I know we all kind of salivated over, man, could the Bucks have three all defensive first team players on their team? Um, but, you know, it, it was going to be tough to crack that group given Brooke Lopez was one of the finalists. Evan Mobley was one of the finalists. You mentioned Jaron Jackson was the defensive player of the year. So that basically Giannis isn't getting past any of those guys. Um, and this just, it became kind of a, a numbers crunch as, as we've talked about in, in previous uh, voting for NBA for all NBA, not defensive or all defense, but that's really what uh, what kind of victimized Giannis here is he he had more points than I think Dylan Brooks and Bam Adebayo. Um, it was just a, a position battle where you're still taking two forwards, two guards, and a center for the all defense. So Giannis needed to beat out either Draymond Green or OG Ananobi um, based on and I'm curious if you would agree with this, based on everything we had seen this regular season, I don't think you could make a case that Giannis had a better defensive season than Draymond Green. OG Ananobi, you know, maybe it's a toss-up there, but I think, and, and you always kind of have to be careful when you say this, because it's not necessarily criticizing Giannis. I think he was better defensively in, in previous seasons, so if there was a year that he was unfortunately going to be left off the group, I think it's fair that it was this year. Maybe. Uh, I was pretty strong on this through the, the back end of the season. And I know this isn't the conversation we're having, but I would have, we did all the straw polls. I would have thought that Giannis, based on the context of the regular season, I thought he would have been the MVP. And you're right. He did get 16 first place votes here and the total points. Yeah. He was ahead of some of these guys that made the second team. I'm going to be honest. And, and this isn't about the way these players defend individually. Brooke Lopez, I thought, was a lock. And there's a number of reasons. Again, I thought that he should have got more credit for the durability playing this season when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. He just played 15, 16 more games than Jaron Jackson Jr. I think that should have counted for more. I thought, and I I thought Giannis was more consistent defensively than Drew. I've said this for a while. I, I think Drew Holiday in the regular season, and I don't, I don't, it's it's again, it's not a knock on Drew, but I think that you can visibly see him go through the gears defensively. We saw him have some monster performances defensively and win you games in the regular season. So him being there doesn't surprise me because I do think he's the best guard defender in the whole league. Now, unfortunately, if you're a Bucks fan, you sit there and go, well, we just saw Jimmy Butler destroy him. But look, it's it's not the first time and won't be the last time that, it, that Jimmy a really Butler's talented... Destroyed off. a player in the playoffs. Yeah, and not even Jimmy Butler, just like yeah. elite 
uh, you know, offensive players. So I, I don't, that doesn't diminish what I think of Drew Holiday as a defender. But I thought if you asked me to pick two out of three, it would have been Brook and, and Giannis here. And I don't, it's, it's really difficult from afar to make a comparison between him and Draymond or him and OG. But yeah, I, I was very surprised that he didn't get in one of these two teams because it feels like the Drew Holiday, like how many people are sitting there and watching Drew Holiday night to night in a regular season for the Bucks? So sometimes when you see these voting, I'm not, I know a lot of the, the voters obviously do their work. Like I'm not saying that they don't, but I was even more surprised that Giannis just didn't get votes because he's Giannis. You look at the stats with, and the tracking stats are a little bit wonky, but the defended, uh, the field goal percentage defended was was elite again. Overall, the Bucks were good defensively with Giannis on the floor. There wasn't that much discrepancy between Drew and Brooks. So, yeah, I thought he still had enough big moments through the season where he could or should have been in a defensive team. Yeah, I think the 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 challenge was always going to be um, first team just wasn't going to happen with the three finalists for defensive player of the year, all absorbing those two forwards and um, and center position. So second team, yeah, I, I think you know OG and Anobi and Giannis. Even if Giannis had a down year defensively, I mean that's a wash. And and usually you like to give this for track record that goes into account for this. Uh, my big takeaway, and it's not, it's not, you know, gripes here, but my my big thing is we made the shift for all NBA and mm. defense, especially when, when we talk about positionless basketball, defense more than anything is where that exists, where you have to be able to match up and defend multiple positions. So it seems extremely archaic to go with center, two forwards and two guards for all defensive teams. So I wonder if this is maybe the last year that we see that iteration of this and, and maybe you shift more towards just five players who are the 10 best defensive players in the league since we've moved away from, well, every team has a center. And, and think about how many guys, you know, like Jaron Jackson and even Anthony Davis, as we've seen in the series against the Lakers, that you're just matching up with multiple positions defensively more so off than you are offensively. So I, I think that's something that's long overdue. And if that was in place, then Giannis would at least be on the second team. Yeah, you can easily make the case that you think that he should have got ball points, but the facts are ninth most points when it came to the first team and second team votes, and he doesn't make two teams of five. So work that out, particularly when Giannis, we've seen him defend all types of different players through the season as well. So is it fair to really label him? Yes, he spends most of his time at the forward position, but it's 2023, come on. Uh, this is ridiculous. And perhaps the other point, last point I'll make on the defensive teams is if you're really voting and you're looking at this and you're saying, Okay, three Milwaukee players out of 10. I think that it probably came down to, and again, I think Drew is the best guard defender in the world, but I think it probably came down to, geez, there are a lot more bigs that are are great defensively than guards right now. Like some of the guys like Caruso is the first team. It's fine. But I think that a lot of people just instinctively would have voted Drew and then they probably get there and think, well, Brooke Lopez, defensive player of the year finalist. I don't think we can have three Milwaukee Bucks players in two teams. That, yeah, and that, that was what, what I was going to get to as well is if the Bucks had three out of ten players, like you better finish the season the number one defense. I know they were there for a while, but they finished, what, I think fourth overall down the stretch. We saw it, uh, it falter quite a bit, and especially in the playoffs. So if you're going to have three guys on those two teams, you need to be the best defense in the league and, and really by a wide margin. That just wasn't the case. 
Look, we can be greedy, and I am definitely going to be greedy, so I think there should have been three bucks there. But uh, fifth, all defensive selection for Drew Holiday. Three first teams, two seconds now. Uh, and Brooke Lopez, his second one, and his first uh, first team there, which I think was well-deserved as well. So I would have had Giannis there, but he wasn't. But then Giannis did tweet not long after that. So we're going to get to that next after we talk about uh, the Game Time app. I mentioned it right off the top, uh, sponsor of the show today. But forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, plenty still coming up on Locked On Bucks over the next few weeks as the offseason rolls on. Coaching conversation, obviously the main one, front and center. Uh, but free agency is going to come around pretty quickly here, about six weeks. And obviously it's going to be a, a pretty interesting period for the Bucks. So we appreciate the support to the everyday. Stick with us. Lots of cool stuff to come. Uh, subscribe, drop a like, comment, all those things. Support the show. We appreciate it. So Giannis tweeted after this. And before I say anything, let me just ask you, and I'm going to pull it up for the YouTube viewers, but I'll, I'll read what he said. But it's just a photo of Giannis sitting courtside. He said, I'm tired of the disrespect. I'm coming. What did you think when you saw this tweet? Because this isn't really the typical way Giannis goes about it. He normally stays yeah. pretty pretty silent and in the background. Yeah, it was kind of surprising for that reason. Um and I immediately, you, you immediately wondered too, like, is there something else here? Like maybe this is a joke and it's about something not even uh, basketball related. So I was a little surprised because that's not typically uh, how Giannis handles his business. I've seen fans already, you know, great motivated Giannis and we're going to have that season incoming, which if that's the case, great, because we've seen Giannis fueled by motivation and what that's done for the team uh, in the past. I I just uh, I had to to read the tweet a couple of times and the Instagram post too to to like wow I can't believe he actually said this. Yeah, I like it. Uh, he, and this was the interesting thing out of the press conference that got spoken about so much. The thing that I liked towards the back end was him talking about this fueling him all summer, him being open about the fact that it was the worst postseason yeah. the team had had since he'd been around. So I think motivation is going to be pretty high. And if you think back to the last time the Bucks flamed out in the postseason it was in the bubble now we've learned a little bit more about perhaps where Giannis was at at that point in time so it feels like he's in a different point of his career but yeah I, I think that he'll be fueled I think he'll be motivated I think he'll be rejuvenated whether it's a new coach or maybe some of the changes they have on the roster as well and we've spoke about it a lot about the idea of disrespect what is disrespect I'm not sure yeah but the voting for these awards and the way it goes and the idea that as I said, with the defensive teams that Giannis didn't like, it's it is pretty bizarre that he was an MVP finalist. Obviously, he had a, a great scoring year by the points per game and all those types of things in the way he was able to to score there. But he's always been known as one of the more fearsome defenders as well. So the fact he didn't get those votes is fascinating to me, and maybe there's reasons for that. He really wasn't close in the MVP, despite he was a, a in a finalist. And I've spoke about that. I think it was ridiculous. I don't think Embiid should have won 
that clearly. But I think there has to be a part of him going, all right, you can write me off and you can write us off, but we've seen you do that before. So I'm fascinated to see the approach and, and what it looks like for him, including an off-season that, as we've discussed, might include the World Cup. I mean, it might be a busy uh, off-season for him. Well, it might include the World Cup. It's certainly going to include, we, you, you would think, um, learning a new system and adjusting to a new coach as well. Like, even if Charles Lee gets the job, I would there's there's going to be tweaks because I'm sure that's part of the conversation too. Of look, we we want to keep some of those principles and we certainly want that culture and everything else, but we need to change some of these other things here. So it, it could be a a very busy off season for him. Uh, you do have five months, which is uh, the good news, kind of the good and the bad that he said, you know, worst experience in the playoffs that gives you extended time off here. Um, he's never shied away from it, but you know, the thing that surprised me the most was when you do something like this, that starts to put a target on you. If you're going to make those comments in the off season, you better be willing to back it up. And we've, you know, we haven't seen him run from that. Uh, I don't necessarily think this was about the all defensive team that I think this was just kind of, a culmination of everything that it just coincided with the day that the uh, all defensive teams were announced. But I think this is hearing for two weeks, what he had to hear about his team getting bounced in the first round in five games. First time that's happened to a one seed. Um, you know, he's probably heard the chatter too of how game five ended and his performance at the free throw line, what things looked like down the stretch. So I don't think this was just about not being one of those 10 players. I think this was kind of everything I've heard for the last, not even two weeks, but really, you know, during that first round series as well. This is everything I've heard since mid-April. This is what I'm kind of speaking out against right now. Yeah, I do like it though. I think it's exciting if you're a Bucks fan uh, because the one thing that we have seen with Giannis over the years, uh, he always comes back bigger, better, stronger, and brings something new to the table. It was interesting well, that's the hair year. this year. Yeah, well, that that's interesting. Uh, and let us know in the comments what do you think that Giannis did bring this year because it was interesting obviously scoring as we pointed to from the raw numbers went uh, to a new level there there were some different challenges he also did go to Eurobasket in the offseason so it was a different type of offseason and that was still something uh, which is why with the world cup is going to be important to him but yeah I definitely I don't think and again I can't get through a podcast at the moment without saying I'm a bud defender but I do think that there's something exciting if you're a Bucks fan about a new voice perhaps opening up some different things, some untapped potential that might be lurking behind, and maybe just the mental rejuvenation for Giannis and some of these guys that have heard the same same player for a while. So I think it is exciting. And yeah, maybe that, that does put some pressure on, on Giannis if he comes out and says that so early. But what I would argue is that if you're Giannis, there is always a level of pressure on you. I'm not sure that it can ramp up that much. We understand that the organization, people are going to talk about the organization as a whole. We've seen some conversation about the contract for Giannis, where the Bucks are at as a franchise. So I want to ask you about that next because I'm curious whether you think that's actually a good thing if you're on the outside looking at what the Bucks are going to do the next few years. We'll get to that next. There was or there has been a lot of conversation about where the Bucks are at and we've had it on this show as well. The lack of real flexibility when it comes to assets, the salary cap situation, you've got a change of ownership, now you've got a change of head coach. 
I think everyone's looking at the Milwaukee Bucks from the outside and just curious about what direction they're going to go down. It got pointed out to me in the YouTube comments about the fact that Bud you know, still had a couple of years left on his deal. So we talk about the money that the franchise is spending. You know, for them to continue to contend, they're going to have to spend. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that there's different things that have happened along the way, like PJ Tucker, obviously. But I, I don't, that they made that move, but then it's not like they stopped spending. They kept on spending. So in the last few years, this has been a franchise that's been willing to spend more than I would have ever imagined for a small market. Now, clearly, they can afford it. So I'm not asking for anyone to uh, stand up and give them a round of applause. But I like the idea. I, and I think I look at it differently. When I see the the media conversation, now the conversation gets a bit tired about the contract for Giannis and will he leave Milwaukee? And I understand why people are sensitive to it. But I also kind of look at it and say, yeah, I'll, I want the pressure on the franchise. I want them to know. And I'm sure that they do. I'm sure they don't need reminding. But I don't mind a little bit of external pressure about, hey, you've got to keep making these moves, spending money, and ultimately putting a program together and a team around an absolute all-world superstar to give him the best chance of winning a title, or maybe he will leave. Yeah, I don't mind that so much. I mean, complacency can can kind of lead to that, where, where you just get stagnant, and that's when you would look to, well, do we have a problem here that, you know, Giannis may recognize I have a, a, a better chance of winning or continuing to win elsewhere if that were the case. So uh, I'm kind of aligned with you on that thought. I will say too, um, I, I'm not insinuating that Brian Windhorst is just making things up and running with it. Cause I did see some Bucks fans point that out. That's, that's not the case. You know, Brian Windhorst obviously has some very top notch Intel and he's not just going to throw something out there for the sake of throwing it out there. The only thing I would say is when he mentioned the ownership change and well, they saw the storm clouds brewing yeah, that that wasn't just a well, it came to be the spring and, you know, we started to think, well, what's the long term future of this with Giannis? So maybe I should get out and and sell here uh, that Mark Lazar was thinking. I mean, this was this isn't like going to Ikea and buying a new desk. You know, this is is hundreds of millions of dollars that we're talking about. So this is a long term process. And we started to hear those rumblings a, a year or so ago that this was starting to happen. So. I would point that out, but I do agree that, you know, it's probably not best for this team in trying to appease him to just kind of take it easy. So to have that, that external pressure and to know we have to continue to feel the competitive team. John Horst has done a good job the last couple of years with limited assets, but now you're going to have to lean on him even more because you don't have a first round pick until 2027. You got two pick swaps, out there in the next two years, you got one pick that's going out the door as well. And, you know, this summer, your draft pick is the last pick of the NBA draft. So there's not a whole lot of assets to work with in the short term. And even, you know, in terms of things like when that new CBA gets phased in and what that means for the Bucks, can they give out a taxpayer mid-level exception? And how are they going to have to reshape this roster? To me, that just puts even more importance on, who this next head coach is and and his fit with Giannis and the rest of the group as well, because the reality is your best chance at keeping this success and, and getting better, which is what you need to do is going to be with a new coach that puts in some new principles, especially offensively helps you out there and just leads to player improvement. Because again, barring something massive, 
there just isn't that easy fix out there for the Bucks that you almost I would be stunned if this if this group wasn't largely the same, especially with that core four and just some, you know, some tinker, some tinkering done on the margins. But this is really coming down to here's the new coach. Here's how we're going to play. And here's what we're going to do differently. Yep. And uh, we should. The last point that I would like to make also is because I think some people have suggested this as well. And I, I think they're exactly right. There has been zero indication over the course of the career of Giannis in Milwaukee that he's the type of guy that's just going to cut and run and get frustrated. Like we've seen nothing to suggest that's going to be the case. And really, it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Giannis is still playing in Milwaukee in six, seven, eight years and and is a, is a one-team player. That that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I think it would just be naive to to sit back comfortably and think that that's just automatically the case. So appease this man get the job done keep spending money put a winner on the court and i think it'll be fine that's the uh that's the exact word i was going to use is you know we've seen nothing from Giannis to suggest that it does very much seem like Giannis is much different from the rest of the superstars and, and he kind of likes the community that he has here he he obviously has still some very very strong feelings about the franchise i know some big pieces are gone specifically john hammond um, that were very instrumental in getting him acclimated to the U.S. and getting his family over here as well. Uh, but that does mean something, and we've seen Giannis is a little bit different. That being said, I, I'm not naive to think, well, he, he's a small-town guy and he loves it here, so he's never going to leave. Like, you you do need to give him the incentive to stay. So I think, to your point, it, it's it's not a bad thing. It's not terrible to have that pressure on you to, hey, we got to stay competitive. Yep, I don't mind the pressure as long as uh, I, I can admit that, yeah, the contract conversation is going to get a little nauseating and boring pretty quickly, I would assume. So I understand the frustration from the fans. All right, let us know about everything that we chatted about on tonight's show, the defensive teams. Were you surprised? Are you angry? Were you not happy about the way the voting went? Is Giannis disrespected? Uh, and then just the the idea about the pressure on the franchise. Do you like it? What should the Bucks do? Let us know all your thoughts and feelings about all the things going on around this franchise because it is fascinating, no doubt about that. I'm going to go watch the second half of Phoenix and Denver, Justin. This game is getting very interesting. And by the way, for our predictions, uh, you've got one that's looking pretty good. I've got one. We asked about Lakers-Warriors. I said I think Lakers can win. They're 3-1 up. Not saying the series is over, but I like the Lakers. They're winning. You like Philly over Boston, and I didn't like that. Philly go in. Beat Boston in Boston. It's fascinating. I uh, Not only that, I, I still like Philly all the way to, to win the title here. It just kind of Holy feels moly. like their year. And again, not getting past Miami, knowing you can't look ahead because look what happened with the Bucks as the one seed. But you would have had a Knicks team that does not look to be one of the top-tier playoff teams. And it, it just it robbed us of the potential for finally getting a Bucks versus Sixers matchup in the playoffs. And, and in this case, well, it's still some work to be done. But in this case, uh, would have been for the right to represent the conference in the finals. That is one of the saddest parts of this first round flameout. Yes, very upsetting. Let's end the podcast on that very dour and not fun note. We will be back tomorrow, though couple of podcasts over the next couple of days to wrap up the weekend. Then we'll continue to roll through next week. Let us know what you want to hear or keep letting us know what you want to hear. The comments have been great on YouTube, uh, but subscribe and like wherever you listen to your podcasts and we'll catch you all tomorrow.